Okay, hello, and welcome to episode 11 of Obman and Squeak. We've made it to double digits. We have. Double fucking digits. And two of the same digit as well. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. I don't know. I feel like we should have done the whole we made it to double digits things last week, but we totally yeah, we didn't realise that we made it to double digits. <laughs> uh, I feel like, you know, one one is much more prestigious than one zero. There's no zeros in it, so... Depends how you feel about zero as a digit, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I like round numbers, though. What's your favourite number? Um, oh, I feel like such a cliche when I say 13, but like the moment someone told me it was an unlucky number, I was like, oh, you poor thing. You will be my favourite number now. And and I know so many people do that, but yeah, I was like, everyone's picking on 13, so it's going to yeah, be yeah. my favourite no, number. Fair. That's an absolutely <laughs> solid choice. And you're probably amongst those people who's like favourite holiday Halloween as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> holiday, uh, holiday? Holiday Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween is the only uh, holiday that doesn't have obligations attached to other people. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Uh, it's the only It's the only one where you can be like, this is my day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for me Except for us, it's it's Vicky's day. It's Vicky's, it's Vicky's day. Vicky's birthday. Vicky Ween. Uh, a very, very close friend of ours. It's a birthday on... <laughs> On Halloween, which every time anybody like finds out that that's her birthday and they know her, they're like, "This is the perfect thing." <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm also a fan of Valentine's Day. Um, mm. You know, like you know, spending time with your gal pals. Yeah, um, I'm certainly more of a fan of that than I am Valentine's Day. I know you're in a relationship. Oh, we never do anything for <laughs> Valentine's Day. I think we did this year, but that was only because it was lockdown, and we were with my parents. Okay. So it kind of yeah. made sense. That, yeah. Because they're like an actual functioning normal couple. Yeah, and, they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, saw your parents recently and got to apologise to them for everything I have said in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think they weren't going to listen to it, and now we've hyped it up by both apologising that there's just absolutely no way we're going to get away because I think my mum's already listening but let's be real my mum is not judging us whilst I'm listening yeah. to this my yeah. dad is yeah 100% yeah sorry Malky D sorry Malcolm <laughs> I feel like it's a nice balance though between you know me and you declaring like ridiculous stupid things and saying really inappropriate stuff but then also you know adding stuff to the wider conversations around mental health and privilege. <laughs> I was wondering what you were going to say about I mean, what, adding to the conversations around monster <laughs> fucking. <laughs> I was trying to be, I was trying you to be like a the, serious. <laughs> you are the premier <laughs> podcast speaker on the subject of monster fucking. I saw a, a TikTok the other day and... <sighs> Most of our discussions begin with, I saw a TikTok. It is the new and improved Vine. It has taken me a year to admit this, but yeah. I prefer TikTok it's, to Vine. Oh, it's 100%. so much better. I never really got Vine. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm here. Like, TikTok is the best. Um, but this TikTok said, it was, a, it was a, a person talking about reading in books and finding characters attractive. And she was like, guys, guys, it's finally happened. It's taken a year, but I have finally once again found myself attracted to a real life fictional man <laughs> and, she was, and like I just couldn't stop laughing because like yeah it's a lot of aliens going around at the moment mm. um, and she was like no no it's finally happened I found myself attracted to a human specimen 
<laughs> a human man, not a monster or an alien. <laughs> it's always when it's like, oh shit, I find him attractive and he's not got magic powers. Or... <laughs> <laughs> he had magic powers though. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. So, you know, there's, there's still an element. Baby steps, baby yeah. steps. S- slowly making our way back to real life, not real life men. Real life fictional men. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a clear and distinct category. Yeah. I feel like I finally went over the edge of acceptability, though, uh, last week when a TikTok suggested to me that I should try out the uh, the spider romance. And I was like, yeah, sure, sure. This this man who is like a spider. <laughs> <laughs> and I got about halfway through it and it was just the most boring thing I've ever read. Um, it's called Ensnared, if anyone wants to no, go look at it. No, don't take that as a wreck. <laughs> but, That yeah. sounds terrible. It was really bad. It was really bad. Uh, and, like, anything that's, like, chitinous. Yeah. You know, anything that's got an exoskeleton, I'm just like, maybe not, maybe yeah. not that much. My line, though, my line was, as long as it's not slimy, you know, if it's, like, touching leather or, like, like a hard shell, I'm good with that. As long as the face that Lily is what giving a weird me right now. fucking line to draw. No, tomorrow. but slimy. I don't want. I don't want to be touching a person that is slimy. I already have enough problems with like people in general. Um. <laughs> it's true. Body fluids are a hard no oh. for you. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to add in. You know, they just excrete slime. You know, that's just. I feel like you're using a lot of words that I really hate. <laughs> Level. Not even being moist is acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right, swiftly moving onwards sure, to sure. absolutely anything else. You know what I forgot? Uh, my name is Oddman and I live in this flat. And my name is Inigo Montoya. <laughs> I don't know. You killed my father. Prepare to die. That's a film, right? That I arrived at way too late in my I, life. It blew my mind when you told me that you had never seen The Princess Bride. Because if ever a film was perfectly packaged as a Lily film, it's The Princess Bride. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just like, because it, it was so clear, I, I am a cultural black hole. Yes. Most films I've yeah. not seen. But the ones I have seen, I've seen like 25 times yeah. because this is who I am as a human. So I've watched Sydney White. I've watched <laughs> She's the Man. I've watched, you know, any fucking teen chick flick. Yeah. Although I, I will defend to, to my dying breath the fact that She's a Man is a genuine work of genius. Um, <laughs> and all of that kind of film I've watched 25 fucking plus times. Mm-hmm. But if you mention a single classic, it goes zooming over my head. And for some reason, Princess Bride completely passed me by until lockdown. Yeah. And Tamara was like, oh, I've not seen Princess Bride in, the, in a while. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I've not seen it at all. And you're she didn't play. <laughs> You have no choice. <laughs> it's the first time, because Tamara is the most perfect guest in so many ways. <laughs> it's the first time that she she was really like, no, tell me, Malcolm, we're watching this. <laughs> no discussion needed. You were on board. Putting my fair. foot down. <laughs> this film needs to be seen. And I, I was just slack-jawed the entire film. Just like, this is such a perfect film. <laughs> And I've not rewatched it since, although I desperately need to. I'm feeling the need to rewatch it like a very, very night. soon. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I feel like you were a perfect example, maybe, of like the the kid at the beginning of the film. You know, where you're like, eh, 
I've never watched it before. Is it like, it's just a romance, right? Or... But I love romance. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, can we, can we talk about the romance button on your remote control? Oh my God, it's gone now. There was no. an update on my TV and it's gone no. now. But for the longest time, last what, like two or three years, yeah. there was a button and we inevitably pressed it by accident because it took All me a time. really long time to work out which button it was. Um, and if you pressed it, it automatically defaulted to like Pluto Romance or something, <laughs> which was just a channel on my TV that plays like straight to straight to like proper TV. like hallmark straight to TV like romance yeah yeah like the kind that's like oh it's an adaptation of a of a Nora Roberts book from like the Absolutely. early nineties it's you know that one on Netflix the the Inn of Love or whatever yes. that one it's what that one is built in yes. the sort of same style as yeah. it's all of those films where it's like the same film over and over again but insert woman time. going into yeah different factory yeah. different not factory different <laughs> weird homegrown bee honey business or like city girl maybe. suddenly has to move to small town and she thinks she's better than everyone else but yeah. then she meets the handyman and then inevitably we were talking about this the other day weren't we we were just like i'm storming down this road in my pencil skirt yes. and then inevitably one of my heels is gonna break and i'm gonna yes. have to drag my my luggage down a three mile uh-huh. gravel path yep yeah, <laughs> we're all gonna have our holiday moment. Absolutely. <laughs> I keep telling James that we have to have a dramatic misunderstanding at some mm, point because at yeah. the moment James is unfortunately falling into the the incumbent position in a romance movie. You know, oh, like the boyfriend yeah. that's like comfortable boyfriend, and yeah. then like the dramatic dark. I mean, he's James's dark head. James is tall. You know. <laughs> You, you can get taller. Yeah. You can get a taller one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Replace him with a new model. <laughs> but then I'd have to replace myself with a new model because, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know, this new relationship would make you reach your, like, best potential. and No, because it'd make that? me go to the gym, but then I'm not fucking yeah. up for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was meant to go to the gym tonight. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. Not at all. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's it's the deal I have with myself now tomorrow that in order for me to come around to your house and just drink Prosecco, because it's the worst thing about tomorrow as a friend is she's not there to enable me in my drinking. <laughs> so because she won't drink with me, which is, of course, perfectly reasonable. It means I... I just have to open the bottle myself and not pretend that somebody <laughs> else is helping me. Like, at least with other like other friends who don't drink as much, they might have one glass out of the bottle, which yeah. then justifies, in my mind, me opening a second bottle. Yes. But with you, I've got to face up to the fact that I've just drank an entire bottle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't drink alcohol at all, so I am unfortunately that sober friend who's just there looking at you going, oh, that's a, that's a whole bottle. No, I don't judge at all. I don't even notice but when... She doesn't need to. <laughs> I don't need to. <laughs> Just by the very essence of me sat there with like a Diet Coke or a water or something. You're just like, ugh. For fuck's sake. It's ugh. me lining up the corks on the side of the table. <laughs> yes. that I'm just like, Jesus. Because I drink like a fish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I always enjoy when people try and keep up with you drinking. Yeah, because that always makes it sound like it's a competitive thing. It's not. But my I first... don't know, for them it might be. It's weird for me. It's why I never drag people into round systems with me unless mm. we've previously agreed a round system. Or unless it's me being like, um, so you just bought me a Coke 
so I'm gonna buy you a pint and my coke. And then and I'm you'd like, be like, no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> doesn't make sense. My my drink is worth like twice the cost of yours. I'm buying you at least two rounds before you buy me a beer. <laughs> and even then, depending on where we're drinking, yeah. it might be more expensive. So. <laughs> But I've only got a couple of friends that I will actively do round systems with. Yeah. And it's because because the round system, okay, this is yeah. this is important to me. Okay. You know. We have we've had the religious discussion. Yeah. We've had the money discussion. Yeah. We've had a lot of sex discussions. Now this is the other important topic. Yeah. The sort of triumvirate of absolute joy in the UK, <laughs> which is <laughs> A core part of is the round system. Yes. So the, uh, I don't. I know we have a couple of people listening that who aren't from the UK. To be clear, the round system is not something that comes into being organically. Everybody pretends it is, mm-hmm. but it's a hundred percent something that you have worked out over your relationship. Yeah. And there are sort of several elements to a round system. First element: who earns the most. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily explicitly in those terms, but if you're out at work drinks and you're there with your boss, your boss starts the round. 100%. And as if you're a junior member of staff, you are at no point expected to buy a round. And that, if it's not the way it works with you, you and your work drinks, it should be the way it works. There should be zero expectation that somebody lower down in the pay scale is buying any drinks for anybody above them. Makes sense. First fucking thing. Yeah. But when we move out of the, the work realm, it's, okay, what do you drink? Because if you're drinking cocktails and I'm <laughs> drinking beer, you're not in my round system. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're going to drink that in four seconds flat. It's a 10 okay. hour round. Yeah. <laughs> I'm spending the next 20 minutes with my pint and it's cost me a fiver. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not getting into a round system with these, these people who drink cocktails. Um, not to, like... Absolutely go in a round system if you're also drinking cocktails. If it's yes. one of those nights, then absolutely round system. If you're the person drinking cocktails with somebody who's drinking beer and you don't start the conversation about, oh, well, my drink's twice as expensive as yours. Yeah. I'll get like two rounds and then you can get one. Like yeah. kind of vibe. Then you're a fucking moron. <laughs> and I hate you and I never want to drink with you. <laughs> Turns out, I did, I thought I was quite a li- li- like easygoing person to hang out with. I have a lot of rules. <laughs> Lily. I know, I'm the least easygoing. It's because I think I exude easygoing. You do. And then people get to know me and they're like, oh my God, she's wrapped up like a fucking pin. She has (laughs) so many rage issues. (laughs) But I think like, uh, uh, it's so weird because on the one hand, I'm like, you have so many rules, okay? (laughs) And so many things that you're just ready to rant about at the drop of a pin. But I also consider you one of the easiest people to hang out with. Like, I never feel like, you know... It's because I'm not going to sit there and be like, you just broke one of my rules. How fucking dare you sit down? Do You would tell me if I broke one of your rules. Oh, yeah, but you're a friend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I feel absolutely free with (laughs) ripping my friends down to the most basic of my rules and being like, bitch, you broke it. (laughs) It helps. I'm very, very good with people I don't know yeah. are hiding yes. the amount of rage I yes. contain within my body. Yeah. But I, I don't ever feel, like, restricted by your weird rules. Like, I I have weird rules, I think. Mm. Yeah, I definitely yeah. do. Oh, 100%. <laughs> don't be like, like, looking at me like there well, might no. not be rules. You well, have no, so no, many no, no, rules. No, no, no. <laughs> Wait, just because I can't actually think of one right now. 
Yeah. That's the only reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are lots. Absolutely. We, we've spoken before about how, like, well, perfect example, uh, spending time with your parents. Like, I am really bound up by, like, host and guest yeah. etiquette kind of thing. Um, this is one of my dad's rules is if you've been here more than twice yeah. you're no longer a guest exactly <laughs> and he Whereas won't get I'm you like, a glass of water perpetually perpetually I must ask before I do anything <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but also like what would you say are the top three things that like are your pet red peeves. zone pet peeves so like not you know someone not doing the round system properly or 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 if they're um, someone who takes part in the round system but then doesn't contribute to it so that pisses me off and i have i've got a couple of i know a couple of people who do that yeah and it does and me and the other people in the round system we're very british about it so we tut yes and then we will you know at the beginning of the next session be like so it's your round then (laughs) (laughs) make it known absolutely um but no i think most of my actual hard rules it boils down to being aware of the people around you Mm -hmm. and what their limitations are in the same way that it's equally as terrible in my opinion for you as somebody who is decided on a night out that you're drinking like expensive drinks to instead of actually pay for that Mm -hmm. push that on people who might have made a decision to have a more budget night out yes yes Um, 100% because I just think that's incredibly rude and lacking in self-awareness um and i think for me that's what the round system represents Mm -hmm. it's you getting into something and knowing oh okay so you're on even ground on even ground especially when you're um like a load of beer drinkers right and Mm -hmm. because beer i mean there might be a pound difference yeah but unless you're drinking somewhere where they have a shit ton of imported shit you mostly you're paying in london maybe up to six pounds six pound fifty but you're mostly paying the same price for the yeah. And if you're changing the beer you're drinking, it will change and fluctuate throughout the night, evens out eventually. But you're also signing on to the fact that you are staying for the number of rounds of the number of people you're in the round with. Yes. Multiplied. So it's why when I go out with... So one of my best mates, Nathan, he's one of the only people that I really enjoy the round system with. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because we drink at the same pace. Yeah. So we finish beers about the same mm-hmm. time. And... We also know that we meet up frequently enough that if I don't finish the round with him, I'll just start the round next time. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as you add multipliers to that, and the, you know, a group of, I think the max that you can reasonably have in a round system is five. Yeah, that makes because sense. Because once you get beyond that, I mean, that's five rounds that somebody's yeah. staying for. Like, that's a lot. And unless you're a regular drinking buddy, it does end up being that somebody ends up footing the bill for your drinking, yeah. which is just bollocks really so I, cause I suppose that's like almost two hours but uh, but with five people and the amount of conversation that goes on that might end up being two and a half three hours yeah of, like, oh absolutely and it's and it's it's one of those things that if i'm with a group of people i like buying people drinks yeah like it's something i i don't really actively don't mind getting around that i know i'm not you know, without entering into a round. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I, I'll just get the like, first hey, I'm just round. Drinks. Yeah. And then I'll buy my own drinks from that point onwards, mm-hmm. and so will everyone else. I love doing that, because for me, one of my favourite things to do is to sit in a pub and chat shit with yeah. people. Like, that's, like, my, my ideal outcome for a day is getting people into a pub chat so shit. when Jack turned to me and he was like, oh, I can't wait to go back to pubs. And I was like, why? What is it? And he's like, oh, just the atmosphere of just yeah. being around all those people. And I was like... 
why? Oh, I, <laughs> I don't get it. I'm like, we can do the same amount of talking and drinking at home in super comfort. But the big thing with, and I think what it, the difference is with pubs, because I also love hanging out at people's mm-hmm. homes. You know, we do plenty of it. Yeah. Um, but it's the idea of you're going to just spend time. Like, yeah. it's time you've allocated to spend with someone. It's quality yeah. time because yeah. you are just talking to them. It's why it's one of my favourite things to do. If I, if I haven't hung out with somebody for too long, because I'm one of those terrible friends that I have object permanence issues. Like, yes. if you're not immediately in front of me, I have issues remembering that anybody exists. Uh, not in, like, an awful way. Like, I still obviously remember that you yeah, exist. Yeah, it's just life goes on and... <laughs> I have no concept of living. weeks passing, yeah, so yeah. I, I have no idea how long it's been since I last spoke to somebody. And so all I really do is contact people to organise the next time we meet up. Yeah. Because that's... I, I'm terrible over text. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a nightmare because I'm one of those people who uses way too many full stops so everybody always thinks I'm angry with it's them. very angry full stops. <laughs> <laughs> and what makes it worse is sometimes I mean it, you know? Yeah. And you never know which one it is. <laughs> You're the kind of person who will reply to a message, sure, full stop. Yeah. But 100%, 90% of the time, that is intended just as an acknowledgement. Thumbs up. I do thumbs up as well, which I know drives people insane. Because some people see a thumbs up as, like, really sarcastic. Yeah. And... To be fair, I sometimes mean it as that. Yeah. But 90% of the time, it's just a, hey, I've seen your message. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm everybody that, like, people resent when it comes to texting. So I try not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's calling about texting. I'm not, I don't text anyone. <laughs> it's WhatsApp or Messenger. Oh, wow. You know, Jack texted me the other day because I now have an iPhone. And so he was like, look, Tamara, you're blue now. And I was like, at first I was like, I don't get what this means. But apparently... Oh yeah, Tamara's an iPhone wanker now. (laughs) iPhone wanker! I am an iPhone wanker. But yeah, apparently in the text function... Lift the Android by C. I'm like, what do we call ourselves? I don't know. I, I like Android Massive. Um, Android for life, though. Like, it's convenience. You can't say that. Convenience. An iPhone. Convenience is the reason that I own this iPhone. <laughs> really determined to convince. You just said convenience three times. I know. I know. Um, but apparently, in the message system, um, if you are texting and interacting with another iPhone user, they show up as blue. And if they're an Android user, they show up as green. And apparently, this really annoys iPhone users that they have to look at these green like Android peasants. <laughs> oh, I can fuck off. <laughs> so I've now joined the the blue elite. <laughs> oh, you know it's the same thing. I love how tribal people are, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I speak as someone who is very, very tribal. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> you know, like it, every single. Um, fandom we're in there are tribes you know whether or not you have an iphone or an android whether or not you're a beer or a wine person Mm -hmm. you know like just completely yeah separate and it's i find it so there was uh, (laughs) okay we can't edit that out Oh, good luck editing that out if you yeah. try. 
uh, I was reading some research about the way our brains are built to deal with relationships yeah. and the idea being, and I'm definitely going to fuck this up because it was something I read like three years ago okay. when my brain was half asleep. <laughs> but now it's fact because it's been in my brain long enough that I'm like, yes, yeah, this rooted, is true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's with everything. I refuse to check sources. <laughs> but it was something like your brain is only built to deal with about 150 relationships. Mm-hmm. So 150 being like, that's 150 people that you could be reasonably expected to consider as humans with the full range of thought and life and inner life yeah. that you have. And everybody else <laughs> is just the masses, you know? And you have to, in order to do that, you have to sort them into tribes because you need to know where you sit. Yeah. And it's about like the, the sort of, the way that our brains are built to deal with civilization like civilization on a large scale is not something that we evolve to deal with it's something yeah. we probably will evolve to deal yeah. with but it's gonna take well, a fucking that, long time well it's that it's that whole thing of like when disasters happen whether man-made or, or natural and we can't really comprehend the fact that like ten thousand people were killed yeah like that's know? a nonsense number to me i have yeah. no fucking clue how many people ten thousand. i was just trying to think is. about like how many people were killed in the 2004 tsunami and it's much more than 10,000 oh, I don't yeah. know but I think that it is it's boiling down to the root of the issue and I, I remember I was talking to somebody I think it was at uni and so I can't remember which but something had happened and it was in the UK the US and something like 100 people had died wasn't that the oh no the Ariana Grande bombing yeah it might have been the Manchester bombing Okay. Yeah, it was it was something along those lines. It's the only thing in the UK I can think. Yeah, of. and it was absolutely obviously devastating. Yeah, it was absolutely yeah, terrible. It was thing. really horrible. And a lot of people were expressing grief and putting up, you know, in the sort of completely superficial stuff, yeah. putting up but, Facebook things yeah. and. But the the real thing being like, oh, that's so close to home. Yeah. I know somebody who was going to go to that concert. Mm -hmm. I know someone who likes Ariana Grande. You know, like whatever, mm -hmm. however specious the connection was. Yeah. Like the real reality of the situation is living in the UK, Manchester's what, three and a half hours away? Yeah. Like it's not far from home mm -hmm. and it's an activity that all of us are used to doing. Like yeah. going to concerts is something that... Yeah. And I remember watching because i'm not very participatory when it comes to social media yeah um so i tend to be a, an absolute lurker um and watching somebody who had posted something about how you know this makes me reconsider this makes making me think about a lot of things in my life and blah blah blah, blah. you know fair enough to criticize that to a certain extent because uh, no meaningful change came from that so yeah yeah, you know, but that doesn't mean that you're not allowed to express grief and it's mm -hmm. not allowed to like shake something in you and that kind of thing. But somebody posted underneath and I and was just like, I didn't see you posting about this thing that happened in classic, uh, South America. I can't or, remember what it's called, but it's that classic thing of what aboutism. What aboutism? Yeah. Oh, why are you talking about um, women getting sexually assaulted in the UK when you haven't said anything about f female uh, genitalia mutilation? Yeah. And it's the same well, argument. I don't think I said female, yeah, FGM. FGM female yeah, genital yeah. mutilation. And it's like, we can talk about both things. Yeah. But like... Oh, it's the know. same, the, the response that you get whenever you talk about sexual assault. Mm -hmm. When, well, men get what sexually men? assaulted well, great, too. Great, great. Are you doing anything about that? Because yeah. I feel like the only thing you're doing is going around and commenting on other people's stuff. We only have the capacity to 
to deal with so many things to care about a certain number of causes yeah right like so i I work for a renewable energy company Mm -hmm. and obviously as part of that a lot of what we're trying to promote is the environment as a premier issue but one of the things we constantly encounter is there's this thing called compassion fatigue. Oh my gosh, And what yeah. that means is there are only a certain number of things that you can give a shit about before mm-hmm. you're just like, well, I'm fucking, like, there's no, I have no energy yeah. left for anything more. Mm-hmm. And everybody has different, so I always go back to the spoons analogy because yes. I fucking love the spoons analogy. Yeah. But it works if you say, like, number of fucks, like, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with spoons. You have a certain amount of spoons to give to things Mm -hmm. and everybody has a different amount of spoons and a different amount of spoons it can be allocated to different things and when we're talking about um sort of general worldwide or nationwide or whatever it is issues some people might have zero spoons because they've got enough shit going on in their own lives um some people might have infinite spoons and some people just have more capacity to think about big picture yeah um, and you know, but I think most people in the world pick a couple of causes that they give a shit about, and everything else they're like, yeah, no, acknowledge that's a problem. Don't have the mental capacity to do anything yeah, about it. Yeah, absolutely. And we all we all deal with things in like incredibly different ways. You know, there was a hostage situation in my uh, building like a month or so ago. Well, a couple months ago now, um, where my neighbour had a bit of a breakdown and uh, held someone hostage whilst doing a lot of property damage uh and the police and i don't even know what they're called here but like armed armed yeah Yeah. armed response came and it was quite a terrifying thing especially because it was my direct neighbor so we were right in the heart of everything that was going on but i was very jovial about the whole situation kind of being like oh you know this is an interesting afternoon watching all of these fine gentlemen and ladies outside doing their you know whatever it is they're doing Um, And some people might look at that and be like, that's a really inappropriate response to have to such a serious situation, to be making jokes and being like, oh, that police officer's rather fine. I was Um, getting picture and minute by minute (laughs) updates over Facebook. I was on a call with my parents and I was like, oh, Tam's in a hostage situation. And they were like, what? And I'm like, I'll call you back. (laughs) I was like, Tam is not actually in a hostage situation. (laughs) I am not. To be clear. (laughs) I mean, I could have been because my first response, guys, again... I clearly don't have good life decisions because not only did I request a stalker through this podcast, but upon arriving home and being told by my housemate that our neighbor was going through a situation and was out on the balcony throwing things, um, my response was immediately went to open the back door and go out on the balcony and be like, what fuck are you doing? (laughs) Great way to escalate the situation. And both my housemates just pulled me back and were like, (laughs) Maybe not. And that was before we knew it was like a, a big, big yeah. thing. Uh, but yeah, it ended up being like a whole, like four or five hours of just police and guns and a whole bunch. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Respond with humour. Everybody deals with situations <laughs> differently. And I, I think it's one of the things that I, I find most fascinating about humans. Mm-hmm. Is you could be an absolute expert in human behaviour. Yeah. And people will still do things. And you're like, why the fuck did yeah. you do that? <laughs> well, you were talking about the Manchester bombings then. So when the London bombings happened, uh, I was still living in London. Um, and I was at work that day. And even though that the time that the bombings happened, 
I never would have been on public transport because I was already at work. Mm. It still sent me into an absolute tailspin of, oh my gosh, that could have been me. And I need to get in contact with everyone that I know because someone it may have been. It must I have been somebody I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even though I knew that everyone that I know would have been at work already because yeah. the time that it happened was just not when we would have been traveling. But it's still logically i knew it wouldn't have like yeah. i wasn't involved i wouldn't have been involved and never would have been there but yeah th- my brain could not make sense of that on that day like when the um that car crashed into the houses of parliament yes i was quarter of a mile away down the river yeah like, i used to that was sort yeah. of the area i was working in and so we we like it went up yeah and like there was no reason for me to be in that end of town like i didn't live in that end of town i very rarely went to that end of town Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter because i immediately got well no it does matter it does 100 percent, it matters but it didn't matter to my family's response to it it didn't matter to my friend's response to it Mm -hmm. it was just that immediate panic of lily's in that part of town yeah and Like, in the 2007 London bombings, my dad was in London that day, and my dad was um, going from, like, place to place for meetings. Mm -hmm. So we were like, we have no idea where in London Mm -hmm. he is. He very much could have been travelling. Yeah. And then because the whole network crashed afterwards, it was just hours of just, like, frantic waiting to Mm -hmm. hear back from him. Um, Very lucky that... Yeah. He was absolutely fine yeah. on that area of town at all. And Jesus, I just can't imagine being one of those families that was waiting in the same way that we were waiting. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, just horrifying. Yeah. Absolutely horrifying. But again, it comes back to that. Because you know when in... Oh, it's just every time there's an, a disaster somewhere. Yeah. It's really... And I, this is going to sound so fucking privileged as somebody who lives somewhere where we don't really have natural disasters. No. Um, we had a hurricane once. like, uh, And it was it was awful, Lily. Yeah. Our bin lid broke. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, bin lid. Remind me to tell the story of my worst holiday ever because <laughs> it does coincide with like the one, <laughs> the one hurricane in the fucking whole of the UK. Um... But there, there does come that sort of inability to conceive destruction on that scale. Yeah. Like, the worst we get is flooding. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, it's reasonably rare that people die. Yeah. It's yeah. reasonably rare that... Yeah. On the subject of flooding, I keep looking out the window because uh, we've not had rain today. But I've seen on Facebook that a friend who lives in SW6... The water is like up to ankles and like running like a spot. <laughs> well, I've river. been hearing thunder all day. And and the, the library service in Kensington and Chelsea had to close uh the Labrick Grove Children's Library and the Kensington Children's Library because they flooded. Oh my god. <laughs> it's just so much proof Where? that I think London boroughs on different weather systems, you know, like <laughs> I've just the whole time been like, when is it coming for us? And then Jack had the audacity to be like well, you know we're not going to get flooded and I was like oh fucking hell we are up on the third floor definitely going to get us 100% 100% and it's going to come when a burst flight pipe comes from the top that was uh, that was my so I, I was born in Beckenham so yeah. not too far from here um, and 
we moved we moved out of Beckenham quite quickly. Um, I, my parents were already planning on moving out of London, um, but I think it was moved on a bit when they had a pipe burst in the attic when we oh were on gosh. holiday, and so it ruined everything. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the I have very few. It was I was very very young, so I have very few memories of the houses that we then lived in, which were rentals. Well. My parents, like, tried to frantically fix that house. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, all I remember is terrible, like, 70s carpet. (laughs) (laughs) When I think, I'm just looking at my bookcase, because the idea of a pipe bursting and, like, all of my books being destroyed, I would be beyond devastated. Oh, my God. PSA. Renters, non-renters, anybody who has contents insurance... One something that you should do every couple of months is just take your phone out and take a video of everything in your flat. Oh. Because when it comes to actually claiming on insurance, the biggest nightmare is remembering what you own. Oh my gosh, yeah. So just take a video, go over your bookshelves, like look at the titles, open drawers, show what you own. You don't have to do everything, that's not... But just to give you that mental reminder, if, if something terrible happens, if there's a fire, if there's a flood... If you get burgled, you can at least give them a full list of what's been damaged, what's missing, etc. The good news is I have a private bookshelf on Goodreads that has all of the books that I own and what edition they are. Oh Um, my God, Tamara. (laughs) For people who aren't Tamara, people who are normal human beings who don't have like Excel lists of all their possessions... I started uh, my Excel spreadsheet today, which I do every year, and it's my gift spreadsheet, which is, okay, like six months to, or five, what, how, five months till Christmas, um, time to start, you know, putting all the uh, ISBNs and links into this spreadsheet for what I'm getting people for Christmas, or if I'm making things and scheduling, like figuring out how long it's going to last. I'm like, oh, how could you? But I've already bought shit for Christmas this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much that person too. Because I fucking love stocking gifts. That's my favourite thing to buy. And I because I don't want to spend huge amounts of money, I just end up buying like weird shit. But yeah, I am I am I'm I'm ready. Uh it was a bit of a shock. I was also shocked when I saw that it's like four months until my birthday and I was like I'm I'm as of this birthday, I'm moving out of another age bracket. Are you actually? Yeah. No, you're 30, remember? Yes. Thank you. Oh my god. Okay, so it's one of my it's one of my go-to facts about tomorrow. Whenever <laughs> I'm like so quite frequently I've been I went to a wedding this weekend and I was mentioning you to people. I'll be like, "Oh, it's my fr- my friend tomorrow. Um I do a podcast with her." And she's amazing. She's turned 30 like four times. <laughs> And they're like, what? And I'm like, let me give you context. And that. one of them was when I wasn't even in my 30s. No. So tomorrow, we uh, so we went to uni together. I think we've probably yeah. mentioned that quite a few times. Um, and it got to, so it would have been my third year, wouldn't it? Yeah. And your second year. Yes. And um, we threw a massive 30th birthday party for you. Yeah. It was great. It was lovely. It was really, really fun. Yeah. Uh, and then halfway through the next year, Tamara realised that she was actually turning 29 on yeah. that birthday. And she, in fact, was turning 30 that year. <laughs> oh, no, it's worse than that. I was turning 29 that year. 
Yeah. Because my 30th was when I, was the next year. Yeah. Was, yeah. That's what I said. Huh? Wait. I said, you weren't even turning 30, you were turning 29. Oh, that year. Was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was two years behind. Two years behind. And so it meant... Two years ahead. Two, two years ahead, absolutely. So it meant that we then had an another 30th for Tamara on her actual 30th. It was good times. Um, which was also a great party. <laughs> and then since then, we've just continued celebrating the 30th. I am, I am eternally 30. Absolutely. Until Tamara yes. has agreed yes. that she's turning 31 with me. Yes. So I just turned 28. So... Yes. Got some time left. A couple more years left. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Three years. Three years and then you'll have to turn 31. (laughs) So I always, whenever anybody is like, oh, is like tomorrow older than you? I'm like, yeah, she's 30. (laughs) And keep telling people that. (laughs) Absolutely. It's it's so bad that like, I forgot how old I was when I went to the GP uh, to get my vaccine done. And the nurse literally had to look at my date of birth and go, oh, yeah, that's your that that's your age, and I was like, thank you, because I was just staring at it blankly, going, doesn't make sense. How old am I? I've been telling people I'm 28 for about six months now. This is what happens as you get older. Yeah. Like the moment you now that you're 28, you're gonna tell people that you're 29. 100. percent Because I already kind of feel like I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I was getting at. Like I don't ever feel like I am older than you. In fact, you know. Not in a bad way. We've talked about this before. Yeah, I feel like you are older than me. Because <laughs> I am a child. <laughs> I have certain traits where I might be slightly more mature than tomorrow. But I am also a sheltered little bean. <laughs> yes. I have a ridiculous amount of life experience, but then also... I'm 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 just slightly childlike, but without I'm like innocent but not innocent. No, not like innocent <laughs> is not the fucking word tomorrow. Jesus, I don't know what the word is. What am I? I'm like immature. Oh, immature is the word. Immature. <laughs> I was trying to find a nice word. It's still a fine word. In the same way that I describe myself as generally angry, I'm <laughs> developmentally challenged. No, that's worse. <laughs> also true (laughs) it is true i got told that (laughs) last year um you know just because i say everything in this podcast uh i was diagnosed last year with complex ptsd which is spicy ptsd (laughs) which is exactly the way she announced the diagnosis to me she was like hey lily i have spicy ptsd and i'm like i have no fucking clue what that is but it sounds great (laughs) and then i started doing it like a marks and spencer's advert i was like this isn't any ptsd this is complex ptsd uh yeah so obviously ptsd is post-traumatic stress disorder which uh, occurs when you experience a traumatic event and complex ptsd is when you experience reoccurring traumatic events throughout usually throughout your childhood or if you have been in a an abusive relationship or uh, stuff like that so it's it's long-term reoccurring um and you know my my psychiatrist told me that because uh, because I experienced all this as I was developing, my brain didn't develop right. <laughs> so I don't know what it is about you that you didn't develop right. So, you know, chemically speaking, 
I am developmentally challenged and that's why I'm immature. And I and I, I'm sticking to that. I've got no reason for my rage issues. <laughs> <laughs> you do, because on the Go outside on, come on, Woodson. <laughs> okay. Because on the outside you are a beautiful human. Tell me about my life tomorrow. But on the inside you are a small and angry dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because true. you don't have a beard, you don't have any way of channeling I have that a anger lot of out rage of you. about the fact that I don't have a beard. Exactly, and that's that's what happened. I've been trying to grow a beard for over a decade at this point, <laughs> and I've had no luck. I had to knit myself my own. You did. I have a lot of issues surrounding beards. It's why I'm. It's why I'm. My partner has a beard. It's why whenever Jack grows his beard longer, I, just, I stroke it, making him very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's why. If you had a beard, your anger would be able to just, like, channel through the beard towards your axe. Absolutely. And then the axe would hold the Because I have rage. an axe as well. Yeah. Your axe then I'm holds just the rage. It the gets beard. charged. It gets charged. So that when you do battle, you can be like an expert. Absolutely. It's the beard. Yeah, 100%. percent i got to come to the root of our problems. This yeah. is uh, 20 minutes with... Better than childhood trauma. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All I've got to do is get some testosterone. <laughs> I'm not saying that that is an option I would take. <laughs> However tempting it may be. I don't know. Um... I think it's one of those things, and especially watching you go th- go through diagnosis this last year, yeah, is it just really drills in for me how important it is to know what's what's wrong with you. Oh you know, my gosh, yeah. Just having that validation of like uh-huh. no, not not even that like it's the same validation that people who don't have mental health issues have when they're like no, that's normal to feel like that. That's normal. Yeah, you know, this is something that everybody goes through. Is having the validation that like no that's that's explicitly a symptom. Mm-hmm. The way the way you did this is because of and having even if it's not fixable, mm-hmm. having an idea of what the root cause of something is. Yeah. Because it makes it infinitely, infinitely, in infinitely, 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 <laughs> infinitely, infinitely, infinitely more manageable. Yes. My, you know, my psychiatrist uh, said to me, um, he gave me the option where he was like, I can either tell you what your diagnoses are, or I cannot tell you and will just treat you. It depends on whether you feel that having that label and being able to look into it yourself is important. And I was like, no, you have to tell me right now. Like I... I have a notepad ready. I need to write this down because my whole life, obviously, I have known that things are a little bit messed up upstairs. Um, but having having that those diagnoses written down and being able to say, okay, I know why things have happened. I know what that means. And weirdly, although I have known my whole life that obviously depression is to do with, you know, like... Chemical imbalance and blah, blah, blah. Being told that my brain did not develop properly and my like the chemical imbalance has happened as a child and therefore I have just always, just always been on the road to, you know, however it is that I have interacted or whatever. Well, with well how you've... How grown you've, and... Yeah. Yeah. 
um, my reactions to things, my way of knowing why like, you find uh, some just, things difficult, yeah. knowing why some things like trigger you, uh-huh. like just having that because it means that you're in a position where you can tell people what your triggers are. Mm-hmm. I think this was made really obvious to both of us over lockdown, like being in an intensely stressful situation <laughs> with, for you, with people that, you know, like, it wasn't you on your own. Yeah. And that just meant that there was added stress there. Uh, it meant I had to talk about things and I had to make you guys aware of things because, FYI, I also have OCD and it is predominantly around food um so like where normal people can just i don't know eat things yeah ignore a date on a package yeah Yeah. um you know eat leftovers and stuff like that like i can't um and i will have full-blown like panic attacks or just completely shut down um and living in like a house with six other people seven seven other people um where it's not my place where I can just go like to my fridge and that's mine and I know what I'm doing and you know and then being caught up in the whole guest host you know like I must be the best person ever um you know and I can't make things awkward and I can't make things more difficult because you know in any normal household you use the items in your kitchen how you use them there's no real thought about that inbuilt habit yeah yeah and i think there's also a habit to the way you cook there's like yeah there are a lot of the way you clean like all of that kind of thing and for somebody who has ocd issues letting and i was so impressed with you over (laughs) lockdown because it was just as soon as you articulated it i was like oh that fucking makes sense and because I've hidden this from Lily for since, so long since we met each other like no one I've I've never been open about my OCD except to the extent of being like I'm a little bit weird with food yeah like you I know? knew that you'd, you couldn't eat anything that had gone past its sell by yeah I knew like I knew that already but I hadn't realized how because I just thought you were squeamish yeah and I was like that's fine <laughs> I have plenty of friends who have the same vibe like yeah just because I, I also think there are like without added mental health issues mm-hmm. there were like it's another tribalism thing yes. where like yeah. half of the world is like oh no best before dates are just fucking suggestions yes. and then the other half are like no scientists made these <laughs> <laughs> well that's the most annoying thing is i am on the side of sell by dates are just put in there because you know that's uh, best by dates are just because mm. that's when the pr- uh, the producer thinks that their item is going to be at the best. Yeah. Not when... But I also, even <laughs> for me, I'm like, okay, so, I yeah, I have I know all that stuff too, but there's some things I'm like, mm, not yeah, why would you? myself. I, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> no. Anything fish, anything pork, you know, yeah, like, mm, yeah. just not risking that. <laughs> um, but I think what was, I found so impressive was, and, just knowing how fucking difficult it was for you, how clearly you expressed, this isn't okay for me. Mm-hmm. This isn't okay for me. You know, like listing, and, yeah. and like this is fine. This is a problem. And you would just, once you got over the hump of having to communicate, <laughs> which is, you know, I, I was so impressed that you did it because fucking hell, I can't imagine having to do what you did in your situation. I would have yeah. found that. If, if it was going to happen in a household, yeah, it was a household that was 
built to accept yes. it because <laughs> it was like, so I, I was doing a lot of the cooking over lockdown because I was unemployed for a bit of it. Yeah. I was, and even then working from home and it was a really good distraction for me. I fucking love cooking in my parents' yeah. kitchen. I hate my kitchen in my flat. So <laughs> poor James, he's like, uh, you cooked all these nice things when we were with your parents and then you never cook now. And I'm like, yes, well, I hate our kitchen. <laughs> and you. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> you hear that, James? Um, but yeah, so for me, I was doing a lot of the cooking and it was the easiest thing in the world for me to because I was already doing something different for Olivia. I was already doing something different for Oscar. And it just meant I was doing something slightly different for you. So it just meant that I was doing four versions of a dish. <laughs> but because it was just me spending, you know, an hour and a half, two hours in my happy place in the yeah. kitchen, it felt like the easiest thing in the yeah. world to Whereas do. Whereas it, it took was... me so long to get comfortable with that because I'm just like, I'm being a nuisance. Oh, no. And I'm I was like, problems. no, the nuisance is Oscar. Because <laughs> his cheese costs more. <laughs> You hear that, Oscar? Fuck you and your cheese habits. <laughs> and it's still not it's still not a hundred percent comfortable to talk about. And I, I hate that at the the I don't know, the the turn of a page, the flip of a coin, I think. Mm. Um, I can go from being absolutely fine, ready to perfect example, um, carbonara. Yeah. I was like, yes, I'm I'm yes, let's do this, let's have carbonara. And then it was put in front of me. I had one bite and suddenly I was like, well, everything I think, is wrong, I don't know. I think the problem was you watched me make it. Yeah. So Eggs are weird, man. Yeah, eggs are fucking weird. And, don't, and they don't get because cooked. Because they don't get cooked. They don't get cooked. Why don't they get cooked? It, it was, yeah. <laughs> the joy being... And, and it's one of those things that, right? Like, it makes sense that there are certain things that you're just squeamish about. Yeah. Like, the first time I had to make sausages... I was like, dear God, why is this a thing? I'm never eating sausages again. And then I realised how much I love meat. So yeah. I like got over the thing. But if you have a specific complex around food, that's all it fucking yeah. takes. Like, Jesus. Well, one of the things that happened when we were back at yours, um, your poor dad. <laughs> I think he fucking deserved it. I'm so sorry, Malcolm. But <laughs> we're going to read you for shit. <laughs> I, I think he was the one that had cooked that night. And... He'd done bacon-wrapped chicken, uh, which... With borsan. Oh, beautiful. It's delicious. And now, logically, I know that one of the things that happens when you wrap chicken in bacon is that it turns a bit pink because mm. of the, the... I don't know. The, the bacon juices. The bacon Whatever. juices. Like, yeah. You know? Um, but I must have already been having a pretty bad day. So I was stood in the kitchen and I was looking at my plate and I was just kind of slowly working myself down from you know why is it pink why is the chicken pink chicken pink bad gonna kill me um, <laughs> and malcolm walked over looked at my chicken went oh hope that's not raw and i burst into tears <laughs> and started hyperventilating and now i was like the whole plate is contaminated and unfortunately, one of the byproducts of like having intense reactions with, with the OCD is that I sometimes hallucinate germs. Not being to interrupt. The police aren't coming for us. If you can hear that <laughs> in the background, we just live on a thoroughfare for sirens. Yes, all of the sirens all the time. 
Um, but yeah, one of the, the consequences of it is that I sometimes hallucinate germs. Mm. And that's when I know that things are very, very bad because I shouldn't be seeing like weird fuzzy black and white things. It's like snow on TV, Shh, that mm. kind of thing, like an overlay of that. Um, and that's the point at which I'm like, well, everything's gone to shit. I'm now like falling down the rabbit hole. Everything is awful. Um, and yeah, poor Malcolm. I think he just immediately he went and got it. you. <laughs> yeah, he did. But he deserved it. <laughs> but I think my, but the the best thing you do, um, and with like, you know, with everything that you, when you have difficulties dealing with certain yeah. things, is you have become so clear in the last sort of year and a half, two years, yeah. about what you need in those moments. Yes. And that's such a fucking blessing. <laughs> because it just means that, you know, when you're having a panic about food, you know that there are just certain safe meals where yeah. you're just like 100% happy with. Yeah. No issues with. Tins, tin of soup, tin of soup, or <laughs> toast, toast, whatever it from, is from frozen bread. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, there's like a list of things that it means that you're not then going without. Yeah. And like when you're having any form of issue with something, I think one of the most valuable things that has happened from the whole of fucking lockdown is we now have a channel of communication open. Yeah. Which yeah. just makes it so much easier. And it's so it's so weird to me. Like I I, I feel comfortable right now having this discussion over mm. the podcast, um, but if this had been last year, absolutely not, um, because my whole life I've been so ashamed of my inability to deal with a lot of stuff around food, and and a lot of that again it comes down to that being bound up in like polite interactions. Not wanting to make a fuss. I don't want to make a fuss. I don't want to insult someone who's just cooked for me. Mm. You know, like the amount of times in my life that I've done the classic eating, drinking, eating, drinking to like immediately swallow it down Mm. and then after the meal thrown up. Yeah. And not because I forced myself to throw up, because my body has responded to eating it by being like, no, this is, we have to get this out of our system. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now I'm like, I still feel uneasy about it and I still don't like doing it. But I, I know that there's understanding there and I know Absolutely. that it's the best thing. It's one of those things where I'm like, I know how much our relationship has come on in the last couple of years yeah. by the fact that I cooked. So I already knew that Tam had issues with carbonara. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I don't have to cook this. And you were like, hey, I want to give it a go. Yeah. Like, let's, let's have- I had a, you had a... Um, processed yeah uh, weirdly i don't have problems with restaurants and uh shops all of my problems are to do with home cooking yeah yeah no but that 100 percent like logically <laughs> makes sense as well um and so tam was like yeah i want to give a go your carbonara and i yeah. was like okay no problem um, and then she came in and watched me cook it. And I was like, I can kind of get the feel of squick from you. And the whole way I was cooking, I was like, Tam, you can have something else. I've got stuff in the freezer. And there's me being like, else. no, no, it'll be fine. It's fine. And so I, I, I like dish it out. And then Tam takes the plate through. And I, I'm like halfway through mine. I'm like, Tam, sat there for 10 minutes. Just haven't just taken a single yeah, yeah, And I was like, Tam, I can get you other food. And you were like, yes, please. <laughs> nothing yeah i think if we hadn't had the open dialogue we had i would be offended if yeah i want to eat my food yeah. like because if you don't have the context all you see is oh you just don't like my cooking or mm-hmm. oh i wish you told me you didn't like this and then i wouldn't have cooked it or yeah. you know at the time i repeatedly tried to force um 
several people to eat raw chicken. <laughs> Do you remember? No. It was general raw chicken, it was raw pork. Oh. <laughs> Tried to make Jack eat it because I thought he was just being fussy. It turned out he straight up just had a raw burger and he needed to go back on the grill. I was just like, just fucking eat it, Jack. <laughs> He'd been fussy the whole weekend and I was done with his shit. How <laughs> dare you not want to eat the raw pork? <laughs> Such a terrible friend. And Nate brings it up constantly because uh, Jack was like, oh, and I'm like, this isn't right. Like, I need to put it. And I was like, just fucking eat it, Jack. And Nate's like, no, that's a straight up raw burger. <laughs> I still feel bad about it. I, I can attest to the fact that Lily's barbecuing skills have improved. It, I wasn't even the one who cooked. Oh. <laughs> that's what make it worse. I'm like, I have no reason to vouch for this burger. <laughs> uh, to be fair to me, I hadn't realised it was mixed beef and pork mints. Uh, okay. I thought it was just beef mints. And I was just like, it's just raw beef is fine. <laughs> <laughs> my response would have been like fuck no. you <laughs> no <laughs> flaming it <laughs> well because I am I am the person who uh, when we were in Romania um, when we were in Bucharest and we had been at this restaurant for how many hours and mine was the only meal that never came out oh yeah yeah and like everyone else had finished eating and I was still sat there like hey and you didn't fucking say anything. That no, was the first Because thing. I can't make a fuss, Lily. I am, so I always thought Tamara was like this bolshy fucking Londoner. Uh-huh, no. And then I think the first time where I was like, oh, you're not that person. But me having a North American parent, I'm 100%, 100% that person. 100% that person. <laughs> is we were in a fucking Weatherspoons and you'd order, uh, it was when you were still drinking. So you had yes. like a gin and tonic. And the tonic was flat. <gasps> yeah. So there were no bubbles. And you took a sip and you made a face and I was like, oh, is it not good? And you're like, the tonic's flat. They've let, like left it out for a while and it's it's like it's not good tonic anymore. And I was like, oh, like I'll tell the wait- waitress. And you were like, no. <laughs> and I was like, no, you, you paid, for, paid this. for this. <laughs> like, get a new drink. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't possibly make. <laughs> and I was like, I'm taking this drink from you. And I, I... stole her drink from yeah. her and I went up to the bar. That's the thing, right? Nobody's getting offended when you're like, hey, dude, this drink. Because they can see there's no fucking bubbles, right? Yeah. Like, half the joy, as we later worked out, the reason that Tamara was drinking gin was because she liked the taste of tonic. I love the taste of fever tree tonic. <laughs> and I convinced myself that I like gin and tonic. Yeah. I just like tonic. Just like tonic. <laughs> so I was like, if the tonic's not right, <laughs> what the fuck are you drinking this for? Because it's certainly not the gin. And so... Got it changed over and came back to the table. And Tam was like, oh my God, thank you so much. And I'm like, this took me 45 seconds. Yes. <laughs> no yeah. questions asked. The dude just replaced yeah. it. And so like when we were in Romania, you went up to the, the, the host and you were like, hey, like my person's food hasn't come. And it turns out they just hadn't put the order through. So then they put the order through and obviously we had to wait like another 20 minutes or And then so. it came out and it was fucking And it was raw. raw. The burger was raw. I've never been so angry with a waiter. Because Tam was, was like, I can't like, eat I can't this. Eat and I was this. like, I'm fucking dealing with this. And because when they when I did the order, I, I always make sure when it comes to burgers, when it comes to mints, because a yeah. steak, I'll eat it blue. Yeah. But a minced beef. It's because you know if they 
they're serving it blue, it's good quality steak. Yeah. Whereas mints, it can be from fucking anywhere. Exactly. And like, it just, the way it could that the germs... could have pork in it. Yeah. And the way that the germs work from like the outside of the beef to the inside of the beef, it's a whole thing. Just don't, don't eat... Unless your burger was made, like, unless your burger was minced... Don't get me wrong. ...there in the restaurant. I love a medium rare burger. But I'm 100% aware that that's not everybody's fault. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I want it done. I want it well done. Mm. And then it turned up and it was just fucking raw. Like, it was, like, warm on the outside and just... <laughs> and it was 100% laziness because they were rushing the order through. Yeah. Like, that was what came of it. Uh, about... I had such an aggressive argument with that guy. I, I 100% became a Karen in that moment. Oh, my God, you did. Because also, this place was, like, a... Terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. But it we had arrived to eat food as they were transitioning from transitioning from a food bar to nightclub. Yeah, so they wanted us out there. After having, and it was, because we were in fucking Bucharest, they had been like, come, come to us, come. Yeah. Got us and it started pouring down with rain and we were like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's, let's go here. They had nice heaters. And, yeah. And then the yeah. fucking umbrella oh. had a, missing part just above yep. half of our table yep. so and I was like this is unacceptable <laughs> <laughs> like you must be kidding me you have umbrellas they're meant to cover people this is not covering people oh my god I'm such a Karen <laughs> you are such a Karen <laughs> oh no I'm in the millennial Karen <laughs> you're a millennial Karen I'm willing though I'm yeah, willing to take but that I, I appreciated it because I I'm very much a just don't cause a fuss. Although I think like the first, the first thing when my food didn't come, I probably would have been okay with just being like, nah, let's just leave. I can't be asked with hanging around here anymore. But they were going to fucking charge us for it. No, 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 they won't. Cause we hadn't, they, they oh. just hadn't put the order through. Um, so then we were yeah. like, well, you bought food for like, what was it? Like seven other people. Yeah. And you just didn't do this one order. Um, so then they were like, okay, we'll do the order. But the, when the burger came raw, I was just like, no. I was like, we're not no. fucking paying for this. You're going to give us some fucking appetizers for free. Because I was like, we need something yes. processed. Uh, like, just something quick. Just something that I like, just bar eat. snacks. Like, get... Because... I was like, this woman has sat here for the last hour without food and you give her something that is just <laughs> unacceptable. And it made worse by the fact we're having an argument in a language that I didn't understand. Yes, um, yeah. But I don't speak Romanian. I really... No, I didn't try. I was the worst. I, I like I looked up <laughs> thank you and like how to order beer and that's just that that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I was like, I, oh no, I'm a terrible. I'm a British. Oh my god. I'm yeah, just you a, are. I'm terrible. Oh my gosh. Oh no. <laughs> I'm realizing so much about myself. <laughs> no, but I appreciate it because I have too much anxiety to to do that kind of thing. And I think every group needs that one person who is ready to stand up for the group. Oh. I'm the kind of person who, if people approach us and try to be boshy and violent, that's when my anxiety oh, disappears and suddenly I'm like, like, what are you fucking talking about? Tam <laughs> is the queen of the quick comeback. If you approach her with aggression, you're not getting away unscathed. It's brilliant. I have zero comebacks except fuck you, fuck your family. <laughs> I curse you. You know, that's all I've got. <laughs> Whereas Tam is like, Can oh, I my favorite one. Can you say the favourite one? The dude on the bus stop downstairs. Oh. You don't have what to. What did you say? I can't remember. I don't remember these things because okay. I just say them. Okay. It is one of those things that, like, I never I never worry that much that I'm never going to say 
the right thing in the moment because my immediate reaction to someone saying something like sassy or rude or whatever to me is to just without thinking just immediately say something back um when it comes to friends though i'm like i don't want to upset them oh, no, no i don't want to don't. unless i'm being mean yeah then that's something different yeah, because yeah, being mean is do you know what if i care about your feelings <laughs> it means i don't care about you <laughs> yeah 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 100 percent. because like the reason i think we work so well together is because and it's always it always comes down to this because there are people who can banter and the people who can't banter, yeah. right? Yeah. And the people who can banter are the people who keep it light. Yeah. Like keep it to things just yeah. that people already make fun of about themselves. Mm-hmm. Pe- like let the other person make the first joke. Yes. Or you know them very well and you know they won't be offended. Mm-hmm. The people who can't banter are the people who try to banter and accidentally push actual insecurities. Yeah. Immediately take it too far and you're like, wow, we oh. were we were working at like a level at DEFCON, yeah, yeah, yeah. DEFCON 3. 100%. <laughs> I thought we were cool, but like you just went straight in on that. Now, admittedly, I am at fault for doing this a lot because I just find things amusing sometimes. And so I say them because I think they're hilarious not thinking that I'm actually eviscerating someone and they won't always, always find it funny. Your are so funny. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. So we've got a mutual friend, Nathan, who... Mm-hmm. Nathan, if you're listening, fuck you. Fuck you. Um, fuck you. Um, is the angriest Welshman you'll ever meet. No, no. that's not true. No. I've met angrier Welshman. Yeah. Welshman. yeah. Um, but he's on the scale. On the scale, um, yeah. <laughs> He's on the scale. It makes it sound like he's <laughs> autistic or something. 100% Welsh <laughs> autism. Linear line. Standing on that front to be abused by people. I say with a, like a Welsh lady in the room. <laughs> go on. Go on. <laughs> and as I'm English is even more offensive. <laughs> But uh, Nate and we have a very comfortable relationship. Mm-hmm. He constantly makes fun of him. Me. He, I, he, I constantly <laughs> make fun of him. Yeah. But he mostly makes fun of me for things that I already make fun of myself for. So the fact that I am the slowest moving human being alive. Yes. Like, if I can get somewhere at a snail's pace, then 100% that's what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> I'm a bus fiend. I fucking love buses. Oh, my God hate the tube I, <laughs> if I, I can get everywhere by a bus yeah perfect you know and that seems like a but I think that's perfectly reasonable my last workplace didn't understand why I chose to do an hour and 20 minute journey to work on one bus rather than do the 50 minute journey that was the bus to the station for 20 minutes and then like two different trains and then, like, a 20-minute walk. And I was like... I fucking love buses. Reading time. Oh, my God. Okay, Reading so time. I grew up in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And buses were really, like, two hours, yeah. two and a half hours. Like, nightmare. You can't get anywhere by bus. And I live at the top of a hill that is an absolute death trap. So walking also was not an option. <laughs> unless you went a really long way around. Which I did for, like, a lot of sick form. 
because I no longer qualified to get the bus to school. So it was going to be like 300 quid a term or something for me to get the bus to school. And I was like, fuck that, I'll walk. And then what ended up happening was like, I'd walk three times a week and my parents would drive me to the other two times, which was great. And then, um, I know, we're just going to keep going. Yeah, yeah, we just 100%. I just think this, by the way, guys, we've just noticed that we're already edging on an hour and 15, but I'm having a really good conversation, yeah. so I don't want to stop. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just edit it down into like a nice little... No, no, no. We're, we're, we're accepting the fact that it's our 11th episode and we forgot <laughs> to celebrate the 10th. So this is an hour and a half long Do you special, know what? guys. Do you know what? Um, we're celebrating it like it's our 1100. Yes. Oh, my God. I have gathered you here today. <laughs> I don't like half as you, half as much as you can deserve. But... Oh, okay. We need to make it to our 1100 for... Uh, even if nobody's listening, 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> because I'm not going to be able to have an 11th birthday. birthday. Yeah. So I need to do this instead. I might, because according to Facebook, I am 105. This is true. Yeah. Maybe we celebrate it in six years. I'm yeah. 100% up for that. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and I've got... So my, so my grandmother, my great-grandmother even... Oh, this is a fucking cool story. Yeah. I, and a lot of the time, wish I was my great-grandmother. She was a fucking badass (laughs) lady. So she was kicked out of her brother's... So her parents died. Uh, They left everything to the brother, but with the assumption that he would look after her. He kicked her out. Um, And this was in, like, 1910, 1915, something like that. I can't remember when she was born. I think it was, like, 1904. Like, the the year after Victoria died. So she was like a year off being born in the Victorian period. Um, and kicked her out, gave her a hundred pound and that was just it. Um, had a super eventful life, had four kids, uh, Southend, Essex, grew up there, mm-hmm. uh, ran a cafe on the A3 for her whole fucking life. Yeah. And, Drove an ambulance during wow. World War Two. Um, half her kids were evacuated. It was in South End, which was a port. And she used to, because she worked in a cafe her whole life, she used to wear wigs. And she would do a weekly wig wash on Sundays. And <laughs> to dry her wigs, she would hang them on the tree out front. <laughs> And so, like, loads of, apparently, local, loads of local school children were like, it's the wig tree. Because <laughs> it would just be this tree that sprouted hair every week. <laughs> it's an absolutely fantastic woman. And when, and it's a sort of family legend that when she was um, still working, oh, running this cafe, um, she had a gypsy woman come in and offer to read her palm in exchange for, like, a breakfast or something. So, um, sat down, the woman read her palm and said, you're going to live to 104. And she was like, lol, whatever. Gave her a breakfast on her way kind of deal. Um, and she fucking lived to 104. (laughs) And what makes me laugh about this is I knew this myth before she died. So it wasn't like a, a made up one. Yeah. It's definitely potential to be a self-fulfilling prophecy where she was like, well, I'm living to 104. And (laughs) it's like the mental fortitude to make it to that point. But, you know, she got her letter from the Queen. We did her That's 100th amazing. birthday. And then four years later, she died. Wow. And she made it to a fucking 104. Wow. 
I know, right? What a woman. What a woman. <laughs> I'm like, I wish I knew more about you because obviously great-grandmother, very old, even when, you know, <laughs> when I was born, she was already very old. Um, I'm used to, she used to live with my, my evil uncle Brian, hmm. who um, used to sign all of our birthday cards, evil uncle Brian. <laughs> because um, he, he had uh, I, I can't remember how he lost it because I was I've been told like five or six different stories but he yeah. lost one of his eyes um, so it was pure like milky white and then he had a twin so you could kind of like oh, compare yeah 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 um, and so damn it I want to be evil tomorrow oh well you'll be evil auntie tomorrow to all thank of my you. children thank you because somebody needs to continue the tradition yes that's absolutely I will be evil auntie tomorrow and um, <laughs> it's going to be you and Vicky <laughs> <laughs> giving my, my children cigarettes and their first <laughs> fake ID. <laughs> like, if I don't get there first. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and she was just such an amazing woman. She had a house that was so full of knickknacks. She had, like, glass-fronted cabinets cabinets everywhere oh, wow, yeah. and uncle brian also had he collected uh miniature race cars and all of that kind of thing so their whole house he would just spend hours in there being like maximalism a hundred percent they would just be like let me look at all the things you have because it was an extraordinary number of things yeah. <laughs> one of my foster carers uh her mum had the same kind of house that was just like full of so much stuff and at least once a month, uh, I would go there and to be looked after for like a whole Saturday or a whole Sunday. Um, and I'm feeling like Miss Figs from the <laughs> Mrs. Figs, whatever. Mrs. Figs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to spend a lot of time looking through photo albums, cake decorating books because she had so many of them. So, and I would just like literally from like the sixties onwards. 20 or 30 of these things and I would just go through them and be like I want to do this cake and then would never do them because I'm not baking cakes um, and then also every month like clockwork we watch Torval and Dean on the VHS hey solid <laughs> that's solid <laughs> fucking love Torval and Dean Torval and Dean yeah uh, and she had a spoon collection to be clear ice skaters ice fantastic skaters. fantastic yes. ice skaters uh, their bolero number Amazing. Peak. <laughs> oh, oh, loads of people know this fact, but like, I'm going to put it in for people that maybe don't know the fact. Um, so, Tall and Dean at the insert year Winter Olympics that they did their Bolero number, um, they wanted to use the song, the, the piece of music Bolero, but it was slightly longer than what your dance period is allowed. Um, and basically, your time starts the moment your skates are on the ice um so they start their entire number on their knees um like just hugging each other kind of thing like doing a dance on their knees on the floor without their skates touching um so that they can have the beautiful opening and then their skates touch and then officially the dance begins uh very very interesting very great dance still stands up to perfect oh perfection yeah it's one of those things, and I'm, I'm fully... <laughs> Segway! Segway! <laughs> but always with ice skating. And so we were talking about this the other day, and back, de- back down to my weird rules. Mm. My definition of what a sport is. Oh, yes. <laughs> what is a sport? So it has to be objective. Yeah. Is one of my rules. 
Mm-hmm. So, and that's the thing that doesn't classify ice skating as a sport. I think it's an art. I don't think it's a sport. Yeah, I, I would, think it's I would agree. incredibly physically demanding. And Jesus Christ, are those people sports persons? But the way that they are judged makes it an art yeah. because it's not fucking objective. Yeah. <laughs> like everything has proved to us. And it, I feel the same way about gymnastics. And like the fact that Simone Biles consistently does not get the rating that she should be getting in gymnastics yeah. proves to me that it's not being marked objectively. Yeah, the fact that they keep making putting the bar higher for her. Yeah. As in like she has to achieve more than other people. Or they don't when, give her the right ratings for the yeah, difficulty of the like, tricks that she pulls off. She is the greatest gymnast of all time. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And she says it herself. She's like, I you know, I'll be outdone. Mm-hmm. at some point but yeah. I am the greatest living gymnast uh-huh. and like, nobody can fucking argue with that yeah. Jesus she's incredible yeah. but the fact that the judging system hasn't caught up with yeah. that is yeah. terrible my second rule for whether it's a sport or not is can you do it with a beer in your other hand darts darts and snooker and pool <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of fucking hate for that, not but that's not a fucking sport. sport. I'm like, it's a bar game. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, granted, I've had somebody argue with me that you can do rugby with a pint in one glass, and I'm like, yeah, but by that marker, you can do any sport with a pint in one, yeah. <laughs> in one hand. Um, and, I, you know, I just think if you can drink whilst doing it, then it's just not. It's just not a... <laughs> It's not a sport, it's a bar game. <laughs> you know? I yeah. just... I think, yeah. <laughs> and those are really my only two rules. But I, I, I hold them strongly. But in, again, they have changed very frequently. Yeah. So, <laughs> give me a good argument, I will change my opinion. That's my, like, crowning achievement as a person, is I'm happy to change my opinion once yep. I'm proved wrong. Yep. Granted, the proving wrong will be painful and difficult. We'll it both will cry. Be- very painful and difficult. But I'll accept it. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Capaldi. Immediately I was like, Peter Capaldi. <laughs> so we had an argument. Uh, yeah, what was it? Years, Years ago, ago. I think I was in my second year and you were in your third. I think I, it might have been after I graduated. Maybe. Yeah. Any case, not relevant. Yeah. I don't even know where we were because we weren't at We my... were at Jack's birthday party. I remember this quite clearly. Oh, okay. We were at Jack's par- uh, grandparents' house. Oh. For his like birthday picnic or something. Which was lovely, by the way. It was really lovely. Mm. Yeah. But um, I had a mental image in my head of the, the dude from the thick of it. Yep. Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. <laughs> and Doctor Who. And I was like, there's no way they're the fucking same person. Yeah. And Tam was like... No, they're 100% the same yeah. person. Peter Crowdy is the new doctor. And I was like, no, the guy from the thick of it is very different. And then I, I was willing to back down at that point, but then Tam hit one of my triggers. <laughs> I, I think I hit you with a, oh, honey. Yeah, and I went through the fucking roof. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I honestly didn't think yeah. I was being condescending because I was no, just like I don't understand why this is 
yeah, why yeah, we're yeah. discussing this. I, I know it's Peter Capaldi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm one of those people who hates Googling things mid-argument anyway. Yeah. I'm like, no. And I think I know what you said to you. Like, I'll bring it up and show you. It's definitely it. No, the problem was you said that after the oh, honey. And oh. then I was like, I hate you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everything about you is trash. <laughs> <laughs> And that was when Tamara learned that my fucking anger is hair trigger. <laughs> but ten minutes later, fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you are the only person I've ever known who can go off at like such a short interval, like such a small, small thing. But then immediately, immediately, once you have what's the word? I don't know. Any catharsis whatsoever. Yeah. I'm, I was like, I'm fucking done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it would be like, I'd be so full of rage, leave you for 10 seconds, feel like a fucking tool. Yeah. And be like, I am so sorry. <laughs> it's something I really, I, I know we always make fun of this as being like my, my thing. Yeah. I really need to work on it. Jesus. <laughs> like it's not a good thing. And I constantly talk about it as if it's funny, but like, Jesus, I have anger issues. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! So we're going to have to find a therapist. I don't think I've done it in a couple of years. To be fair, I don't remember the last time. Mm. I'm I'm less tetchy than I used to be. I uh, it all comes down to ego for me. I think. Yeah. Like if I feel like I'm being dismissed or anything like that, I'm just going fucking through the roof, which is yeah. not fair. And you know, I think. In corporate England. I almost said corporate America. (laughs) Because that just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. But um, you get used to just being dismissed. (laughs) (laughs) On the subject of corporate, uh, I have now joined the corporate world. Yes. Um, First time not working for a third sector. Yeah. I have always been public and third sector. And um, let me tell you guys, okay? It's a different life. First off, we have... On tap, filtered ice cold water. It is. Just let that sink in for a moment. It is. Amazing. I don't know if any of you guys are currently working for the charity or public sector, but that's relatively normal to have. Filtered, in the private sector. Filtered on tap, ice cold water. Just so beautiful. And then we also have on tap hot chocolate. Oh Lord Jesus. <laughs> Tamara showed me she just bought a new work bag. It's very fancy, very professional. And she opened up her work bag and I was like, is your computer rusting? And she was like, no, I just spilt hot chocolate on it. And I'm like, why are you being blasé about this? (laughs) And she's like, because it's on tap. And I'm like, it's still on an electronic. Because it looked it looked worse than it is. It was just a couple drops and they didn't go into the USB port. Um, but it makes it look like it's rusted and I still haven't wiped it off. I'm so I sorry, I refuse to believe her. She's 100% <laughs> maliciously attacking this laptop with hot chocolate. Yeah. I was like, because where tomorrow's just started is somewhere I used to work. Yes. And I fucking miss the hot chocolate there. <laughs> I've had a couple of offices that also had hot chocolate on tap. But because of the, the panini and yes. everything, I've really not spent much time in the office I'm currently in. Mm-hmm. And what I have discovered is that they have a really fancy coffee machine and they have a really fancy number of teas, but they don't seem to have fucking hot chocolate anywhere in the building. And I don't drink tea or coffee. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I do drink tea, but resentfully. Yeah. 
Whereas we have a number of fancy teas and then the coffee machine that yeah. does everything from an espresso to a mocha to a hot chocolate. Also, when I used to wear that, I used to have a shit ton of cereals in my bottom drawer because there's infinite mil- milk. So you can 100% take cereal in with you. Oh my gosh. Although, when I worked at the Prince's Trust, they did we did have free milk there, which was nice. Mm. Yes. Yeah, but you've been working in a library since then. Yeah. That had nothing. Nothing. James had a... So <laughs> it's one of my favourite things with the panini. Yeah. Is everybody left work really quickly with zero warning, right? Yeah. So James's office went from being 100% in the office all the time to within three days being out of the office for the next eight months. Yeah. And... For a lot of people, that was like, oh, shit, we definitely left milk in the fridge and <laughs> all of that kind of stuff. And James had building had been building up this monster in his in his desk drawer in that he had 100% left an entire packet of tortillas <laughs> in his drawer at work, along with like a bottle of sriracha and like a couple of other things, yeah. there, which he was making lunch for himself. And he was like, I'm very lucky that there was no cheese and no, like, salad or anything like yeah. that. But we were fully expecting the tortilla to be, like, uh, have gained sentiments, yeah. have turned into some form of, made it its home. Like, it had eight months on its own. And the disappointment when he went back into the office and it had just gone dry and hard. Yeah, they don't, they don't do anything. <laughs> no, I was like, you're fucking lucky. Like, if I, if, when I was still working somewhere with a permanent desk my desk fucking tower was full of chaotic snacks (laughs) (laughs) i used to work in publishing and one of the things you always have in publishing is uh an awesome number of drinks it is a very alcohol centric (laughs) industry and one of the things they do is they have a lot of author drinks in the office and then once the author drinks were over they sort of distribute the leftovers to whoever like remained to the end. And because this was very early on in my career and I was still very young, I was like, free drinks, I'm staying here forever. <laughs> so I was always one of the people at the end, along with a couple of other people my age. And so we'd sort of collect up the drinks and stick them in our bottom drawer if we didn't take them home. And when I left there, we had a drink Lily's desk dry evening (laughs) where I got together with my favourite editorial team if you don't read Galantz you should they're all incredible Brandon Sanderson Brandon Sanderson (laughs) best fucking sci-fi and fantasy imprint in the UK excellent 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 and all of their editorial team are absolute princes so you should 100% listen read whatever you do with fantasy books with Galantz because they're they're an incredible team Um, but (laughs) So we did an evening of board games and drink Lily's desk dry. And we all got wankered on the contents of my dress <laughs> desk. And it was it was to the point that if you even nudged my desk, it would sound like a liquor cabinet. Like, it would just be like lots of clinking of glasses. Yeah. Uh, we've 100% reached the hour and a half mark. So we, we should have. definitely stop speaking. <laughs> and we didn't use the box once. We didn't. It makes a difference. I didn't bring the box with me. Yeah, so. that's good. I mean, like, No. It's good that you didn't bring it with you because we forgot about the box. 100% forgot about the box. Yes. 
So it just means welcome that... back to a episode one style <laughs> odd just... and squeak of chaotic segues. Yes. Um, if there are any topics that we gratuitously skated over that you would like to hear us talk about more in the future, <laughs> if there are any stories that we've mentioned that you'd like us to tell, or if there are any topics that you would like us to cover, please send an email to squeak at oddmanandsqueak.com. Yes. Um, or drop us a tweet, a Facebook message, whatever yes. you want to do, whatever your chosen medium is. Yes. And if you would like any vi- any advice on uh, living with OCD or uh, spicy PTSD, don't ask me. <laughs> Seriously, talk to a psychiatrist. Yeah, please do. Uh, but if you want to talk funny about it, <laughs> then speak to me. 100%. And if you want any advice on being a rage-driven gremlin dwarf... Um, Still don't speak to me. Like you have rage issues, you should talk to a psychiatrist. You should. Um, Work on yourselves, guys. Work on yourselves. 2021. 2021 is the year of self-respect. Oh my God. Monster fucking and self-respect. No. Yes. No. 2021 is the year of monster fucking. No. Ignore her. The success of Ice Planet Barbarians says so. No, they're humanoid, it's fine. They have tails. What? And... I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Yeah, they have tails. No, straight up monster fucking, but we we, we do not there, there's only a fifty percent approval like, rating here. They're like suede type No, third. Don't give me don't give me this. <laughs> You're making me even less and less likely to read it. No, read it. It's so great. It's so great. I, I refuse it. I swear barbarians guys. It's not gonna last very long but I for now refuse. <laughs> I'm not enough bottles of Prosecco in yet. Um, in any case, <laughs> thank you very much for listening. Like, review, subscribe. I, I, I honestly, I still, I know we've said it on a lot of episodes, I still haven't looked at what, what it is we're actually meant to say. I don't know. Um, so thanks for listening and see you next week. <laughs>